and welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to make realistic improvements in their lives and reach their goals, however big or small. We are building a community of men and women who love to push themselves to overcome obstacles and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Welcome to today's show. I am so glad you are here. We are narrowing into 46,000 downloads, if you can believe it. That is all due to you guys. Thank you for listening in, for sharing the podcast, and for subscribing and leaving reviews on iTunes. I did that about a month ago myself. I went through all my own favorite podcasts and in about five minutes left some quick reviews. So please go ahead and do that. It takes less time than you might think. If you are new, I hope you stick around and you can see prior podcasts on my website, www.aboutprogress.com. Today, I am sharing an interview with Ann Cropper. She is everyone's best friend and loves to really connect with people. This is because she learned the transformative power of connection as she battled several hard and stressful times, including bouts with both antepartum and postpartum depression. Anne talks a lot about these times, but also shares how she balances mothering five very different children while helping her husband with their family business. She also speaks about recent role reversals she's done with her husband and how she both pushes herself and what she chooses to let go of. Anne has also offered our listeners a great deal on their Bioskin products. I'm a huge fan of their compression tights, and that's an unsolicited plug there. And I'll share that coupon code after our interview, as well as in the show notes. Let's go on to hearing from Anne. Hi, I'm here with Anne Cropper. Hi, Anne. Hi, Monica. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's late at night, and you are, you are just the best to do this. I would love if you could give us an introduction to who you are and what you're known for. So my name is Ann Cropper. I live in Medford, Oregon. It's a tiny little town in southern Oregon. I grew up here, and we, my husband and I brought our family back here almost nine years ago. Um, we have five children from ages... 10 down to one. Mm. And what I'm known for, I don't really know. That's a good, (laughs) I don't know if I would answer that the same way as other people would answer that. (laughs) So I've been, (laughs) I've been blogging actually for almost 10 years in some form or other. Um, I've had multiple blogs and kind of jumped around with my various interests um, I've been blogging at annproper.com, and with an E, for about three years. And I write a basically a personal lifestyle blog with an emphasis on personal essay. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, lately I don't write very often just because life is so demanding and mm-hmm. I have really tried to just let myself not put too much pressure on all of these goals that I have, but just really focus on home and family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of, at this point, treat Instagram as kind of a, a mini blog. My captions are always kind of insanely mm-hmm. long. Yeah, I and love that. I love your it, captions. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm sure people either love it or hate it, right? But yeah. um, I have just kind of found that that's a really good way for me to keep writing and reflecting mm-hmm. without always having the time to really write a nice long blog narrative. And 
um, I think what I'm probably known for is that I'm pretty honest and open about real mm-hmm. life. Um, having five young children is really intense. We're a family circus, and I share a lot about that. I think I'm able to keep it positive. You know, I think yeah. some people, when they share a ton, sometimes it can be really negative or complaining, and I try to be really positive, and I share a lot of what's beautiful and great, but I also share a lot of what's hard and difficult and ugly, and mm-hmm. so I think people have come to know me for that, that I will kind of say it like it is, and I really try hard to relate to other people or reach out and make sure people know that they're not alone and what they're going through as a woman and as a mother. So I think that's probably kind of what I'm known for. Mm-hmm. And I know, so you are a very good writer. We know that. You are Thank also you. a teacher. Thank you. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I taught second grade. So my mm-hmm. degree is in education, elementary, and I taught second grade for only about two years, actually. And then our first son, Blaine, was born. And I was kind of actually really sad to leave teaching school Mm -hmm. I for like for like a year after and I could drive by any elementary school and I'd start crying but um (laughs) yeah I really missed it but um and I even considered going back but it was at the time such a low-paying job for me Mm -hmm. that I couldn't even justify it I couldn't there was no way I could even justify paying for childcare. I wouldn't make a dime yeah so I I really enjoyed that but um at the same time once I kind of got past the first few years of doing the stay-at-home mom thing I really like completely just jumped into that. And so now I look back and think, gosh, I always plan on being going back into the classroom when my kids are at a certain age. And at this point, I, it's just a big giant question mark. I have Mm -hmm. no idea if that's still what I want to do. And we'll just see, you know, many years from now, um, if that's actually what I end up doing. Well, I mean, because you have so many different things you can still do if it's not even teaching. Right. You also are, yeah. I would call you a stylist and an interior designer. Oh, but thank you. I Gosh, love little snippets. So well, no, but you, you deserve it. I, I love seeing little snippets of your home. And I'm, you've, you've also done um, styling, haven't you, for... I've done a things, bit. Like so, yeah, I mean, I really love styling. Yes, I'm kind of an events person. I love throwing events. I love styling for events. I love all of that. Um, I haven't made, like, some amazing career out of it or anything, just, again, because I'm so focused on home and family right now. But mm-hmm. when I have opportunities to do it, I, I really find a lot of, like, creative energy in that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, um, so yeah, that's been really, really fun for me. And I do, I like home design a lot. I kind of like dream of being a Joanna Gaines type person and I don't, and that's like, I mean, super far-fetched because I would have so much to learn and who knows if I could ever do anything like that, but I think it'd be really, really fun to do work like that. I can see doing that for sure. I really, really can. It seems like you are a Jane of all trades, you know, you, you have so many different things that you like to, um, outlets for this creative energy that you talked about. Has that always been a part of your life, that creative energy and also that, that um, push to explore those? Yeah. You know, I think I'm totally a Jane of all trades, master of none. And that is like across the board, like, and always has been since I was a kid, like love to sing, not an amazing soloist, love to play the piano, pretty terrible love to play the guitar again not that great you know like so many things I've done in my life like played yeah. played volleyball I was second string you know like mm-hmm. everything I've ever done I think and that's part of the problem is when you have tons and tons of interest you don't mm-hmm. get those like 10,000 hours to become a master of yeah. anything mm-hmm. um and I think generally 
by and large, I think that has brought me a ton of joy in my life. Mm -hmm. There have been times where I've thought, gosh, I wish I was just like incredibly excellent at one thing, but it's okay. I've totally learned that like, if you want to dabble in a lot of things, you generally can become good at a lot of things, but not great, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of me. I think um, the, the creativity is a really interesting thing for me because Um, when I was a young child, I was really interested in art and then I kind of went through that typical elementary experience where like my art was never hung on the top of the wall in the elementary school classroom. And so I just kind of thought, well, like I'm not good at art and I did not take any art classes in secondary education because I was terrified of getting a B. So I like didn't take painting, didn't take drawing, which is so kind of telling of the kind of student that I was, right? I was like so driven to get straight A's. Mm -hmm. But um, it wasn't until a college art class, it was like art education, because it was part Mm -hmm. of the whole elementary ed training program. And it was not until that art education class where I was learning a lot more about art theory and how to teach art. That was the first time. So I'm like, what, 21 years old. And for the first time in my life, I thought, oh, I'm actually maybe a relatively creative person. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of sad that it took so long for me to believe in myself in any sort of creative realm. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I I think I also started seeing creativity and art in a much more broad sense. You know, like you, people think if they can't draw or paint, they're not artistic, which is a total farce, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many different, you know, the the different mediums that you can get into where, where creativity is, it's just, it's endless. So I think I started thinking about it differently and um, I really have loved writing ever since high school and the kind of the personal narrative stuff was, has been really natural for me because I've always mm-hmm. been a big journaler. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I think um, for me, it's all this give and take balance when you have a job or a, you know, a lot of kids or whatever, but um, I try to always make room for something creative in my life because it really energizes what I do every day if that makes sense like it helps yeah. me just kind of maintain a level of energy and enthusiasm for life where like let's be honest being a stay-at-home mom can get really mundane you know mm-hmm. it can be really um it's like groundhog day if you don't have something like that oh my gosh 100 percent, right? <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what makes life interesting and adds to the joy, I think, and being able to have this season of our lives. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Now, you have been really open about sharing some of the struggles you faced as you transitioned to raising those five children. And I like how you yeah. talk about how that wasn't, um, I don't know, just like maybe not the smoothest transition at first with your oldest. Is that what you were saying? Absolutely. What was that like yeah, then? Yeah. Um, so... I grew up, again, with four siblings. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to have a family. I kind of imagined myself having a somewhat large family because it was what was familiar to me. You know, I thought I'd have four or five kids. Um, And yet, when I became a mom, it was completely unnatural. And that's so ironic because I had been a school teacher and I was good with kids. I mean, I I, like this is going to sound really arrogant, but I was a good teacher and I like really, really um, bonded with my students. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of shocking, to be honest. It was shocking to me how um, like how unnatural of a mother I was. Like when I had this brand new baby, 
I guess part of it is that being the youngest child, I had never had a baby sibling. So that might be a little bit part of it. Like I'd never really had a newborn in my life, but um, I felt totally like clumsy and clueless and in over my head. And it took longer for me to bond with my baby than I was anticipating, Mm -hmm. like almost a year till Mm -hmm. I really felt like I love this so much. This is the greatest thing ever. I mean, I loved my baby. Don't get me wrong, but it was like just not. I don't know. I think you, you get pregnant and you have these, like, you just think like, oh yeah, and then I'm going to breastfeed and that's just natural. So that should be easy. And then I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just love my baby because everyone loves their baby. And it was not like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and there was a lot of um, embarrassment and shame that came with that, mm-hmm. that I didn't tell people because I thought surely like something's wrong with me. I'm a monster. I'm not like Aww. super in love with my baby. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. and there was like, there was some post, some postpartum depression that I didn't even recognize for a long time as Mm -hmm. that. And it took me a good conversation with a friend where she was like, Oh, I felt that way before. I felt that way before. And I was like, Oh, good. I'm like not the only monster of a mother ever. Yeah. yeah. So that was definitely like, it was really eye opening. Like I just wasn't the mom who like took to it supernaturally and was like, Oh, this is so great. I hope my baby never grows up. I was like really struggling for Mm -hmm. the better part of that first year. So I have been pretty open about that just because if there's anyone ever feeling like that, I want them to know that she is not alone. Mm -hmm. I want her to know like it is like nothing is wrong with you. That's okay. Like sometimes you have to work harder to feel that love. And that might sound crazy to some people who feel it really naturally, but it's the reality for many others. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that way for me. I mean, we we've had this little joke since you and I became friends online. I'm like, I, she really is going to think mm-hmm. I'm a stalker because I feel like we're the exact same person. <laughs> you know, minus I love it. You I have love when you kids. can find such kindred friends online. Yeah, I just feel like everything you said already. But yep, 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 yep. But even just this, <laughs> the transition to motherhood, it was the same for me. You know, just it's hard to go from something you are so good at, you know, being a teacher and like you said, connecting with, yeah. with, with kids and, and, and suddenly it being a whole different ball game, a whole new, a whole new level of difficulty you didn't expect. But I'm glad that you're open about that. I think that makes a big difference in helping lift the shame about it because what you were doing before was blaming yourself, you know, saying you're like a monster. Oh, completely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I don't know, being open like that, it just strips the the power from that. <laughs> I think it just helps you normalize yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's true. So you've all, you've yeah, done that with, um, you talked about, you know, having maybe some postpartum depression with your first. You've also been open yes. about anti, is how do you say it, antipartum? Um, yeah, antipartum. Antipartum mm-hmm. So depression. prenatal, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. prenatal depression. You know, I didn't realize that was like, you know, quote unquote, something until I read that your art, your article on it. And yeah, when I read it, yeah. I'm sure you had a lot of responses similar to mine. I was like, Oh, my goodness, that was me. Like with my last kid, totally. I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that's what I was going through. So can you talk about what that was like for you when and how this antipartum depression came into play for you? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I had had some postpartum after my first and after my third. So I was familiar with how that felt. Mm-hmm. I'd had some, a little bit of anxiety during my pregnancy with my third. I knew how that felt. 
Yeah. But this was now about two years ago mm-hmm. in my pregnancy with number five, my baby George. Yeah. Um, hit, that This was a surprise pregnancy. I had four small children. It was definitely like, I mean, I was set up to have a, you know, a kind of a rough pregnancy just mm-hmm. with everything going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it kind of started as your normal pregnancy. I was, you know, getting physically sick in that first trimester and all of that. And then... Um, what I kind of think brought the depression on is that my whole family over Christmas, we got insanely sick. We got like legit mm. influenza. We were wow. in bed over Christmas break for like 10 days with fevers. I mean, Whoa. it was horrendous. So we were just obviously felt horrible. And then we missed all of the holiday excitement, which just is mm. crummy. The whole world is Instagramming about every fun adventure yeah. that they're on and you're just like burning up in bed. So <laughs> I think um, that kind of is what like sent me down into this tailspin really quickly, if that makes sense, yeah. um, was just my physical health being so poor. Mm. And then like having to climb out of that, like when your whole family's sick for two weeks, I mean, you can imagine what my house looks like. I mean, you can just, I mean, you can imagine it was just like horrendous. So um, I feel like that's actually kind of where it began. And um, it just kind of started to get worse and worse and worse. And this went on for months. And I was uh, like kind of an unrecognizable form of myself. Mm-hmm. Like um, I, oh my gosh, I mean, there are so many aspects to this. I could not face my life. Like mm-hmm. I could barely get up in the morning and and I don't just mean like I was tired and pregnant and my body hurt. I mean, I could not come up with any reason worth mm-hmm. getting out of bed. Like yeah. I was so dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I could barely just like get my kids dressed and send them out the door. I like, I couldn't, I had no ambition. I was completely apathetic. And like, that's scary to someone who is a very driven, ambitious person, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, I felt really unexcited about my pregnancy, which made me feel incredibly guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, I, um, I've never, ever, ever struggled so bad with confidence. Mm -hmm. I completely felt like the most worthless human being. I could not talk to people. I ignored text messages. I wouldn't answer my phone. I became kind of a recluse. Mm. Um, I would like let my little girl, um, well, my little boy and little girl who weren't in school that were kind of home with me, I would let them watch like hours and hours and hours of stuff on TV. And I would be like streaming Netflix. And like, that is just like not something I ever, ever, ever would have done before. Like Mm. just like completely ignore my children for hours in the middle of the day. Like, I mean, I was just like completely like almost incoherent. Um, I, I totally like anytime anyone reached out to do something social, I didn't go. I, um, I like when I was in social settings, I could not look people in the eye. Hmm. Like when they were trying to talk to me, I had a really hard time making eye contact. I, it was just like a to- like I said, like a totally different version of me. Yeah. Um, I was really, really short with my family, like short with my husband, short with my kids, couldn't make dinner, couldn't like basically like very, very low functioning. Mm. Um, and it was scary. Yeah, like I, scary. when you feel that out of yourself, you just like, I mean, I was never suicidal to the point of like, I'm making a plan to commit suicide, sure. but I was like, I was dark enough. I was in a dark enough place where I was like saying things like, you guys would be better off without me. Mm -hmm. Like I would say to my husband, you should just come home and take care of the kids. And like, you guys would all be better off without me, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a scary thing to say. Um, 
And I can just remember one day, like kind of crumbling my way up the stairs and sitting kind of on the landing of our stairs and just like sobbing, 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 like out of control. And it just kind of came to my mind. I got on my phone and I just put in the Google bar prenatal depression Hmm. because like you just said, I didn't know it was a thing. Wow. And all these articles start popping up about prenatal depression and most of them refer to it as antepartum depression. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this is me. This is Mm -hmm. what's going on. And I don't know why it's not spoken about more commonly. I think in the last couple of decades, doctors and there are so many people do a really good job talking about postpartum depression. Yeah. But people don't know as much about antepartum. And so, you know, here you and I are two grown women who have children and who have college degrees and are like, go to doctors and we're well-educated and we have never heard of this. Mm. So, um, it was really eye-opening for me and, and really helpful for me yeah. to realize. Because, you know, when people are pregnant and, like, they're glowing and extra happy, when you're mm-hmm. the complete opposite of that, you're like, oh, okay, once again, I kind of feel like a monster. Yeah. And you, you, feel, a lot of, you feel a lot yourself. of guilt. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so for me to recognize, like, okay, here's what's going on was huge for me. And um, so, yeah, again, that's one of the reasons I have – talked about this a lot on my blog and on Instagram is that I I just feel like it's so important that if someone's going through this she needs to know what it is and be able to recognize it and get the help that she needs because it can be really daunting and scary yeah so for you you said you were a semblance of your former self or not even you know you can totally yeah so there's a lot of I'm trying to think of some ways for people to recognize it you know there's that like you're not yourself at all a vacancy like Mm -hmm. either you feel too much or you feel too little is a is a good sign yeah yeah Uh uh-huh yeah and there would be times when I could rally like moments Mm -hmm. or days or some times when I could rally but um, there were a lot of times where I could like literally just wore my face on my sleeve. Like I just couldn't even pretend, yeah. you know, okay. which is, yeah, which was kind of telling for me that I mm-hmm. couldn't even pull it together in certain like social settings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed like, you know, things that used to bring you a lot of joy were not. And, and just right the rejection of, of others, too, really is striking, striking me when you yes. were talking about that. It seems like that was a big part of it for you was was pushing people away or not allowing them to totally Why yes, do you think that is kind of a, a, a recluse yeah um I don't know because if people could pull me out I can think of one or two friends who I would respond to and when I would be with them I could feel um a I could feel like uh like a reaching of my former self pulling me you know what I mean like I I could laugh I could smile I could feel a little familiar feeling of who I was Mm -hmm. um with a few different people um and I I don't know why those people were able to pull me out I think I think when I when I kind of consider these particular friends I think it's because they knew me so well and Mm -hmm. loved me so completely for who I was and did not I didn't have to pretend around them I didn't have to apologize I could just be myself. I could tell them what was going on and I didn't have to worry about any judgment or questioning or not understanding. Hmm. For you was, were people aware, were your, were your loved ones and family members aware that this, this was something you were struggling with or did you largely um, fight this on your own for a while? 
Um, I think for a, for a while I fought it on my own because I didn't even really recognize what was going on. See, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then as I became, as I became more self-aware and uh, an understanding of, and kind of being able to identify, recognize what this was, then, yeah, I mean, I feel like um, my husband was able to understand it a little bit better and, and the people that I'm the closest to were able to kind of understand. Um, and some were, obviously some were better um, better able to empathize than others, depending on what they've gone through in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think once I um, kind of recognized that I was able to let some people in, mm-hmm. um, yeah. That was something that, did that, did that help lead to you getting back to more of yourself? I think so, just because the more, the more you spend time with people and are able to communicate with them what's, what you're feeling and what's happening, um, the more logic and reason come back into your life. So when, when I was depressed, like you kind of come like a head case and you have all these like super crazy thoughts going on in your head, like mm-hmm. those, like everyone would be better, be better off without me kind of thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the more I was able to, open my mouth and talk to people that I trusted, Mm -hmm. the more I could make sense of what I was thinking and feeling and the more they could draw things out of me. And so, yeah, I think, I think engaging more with people helped me a lot actually to, Hmm. to kind of heal and, and uh, make sense of things Mm -hmm. and bring logic back in. Yeah. Hmm. That's really powerful to think about that. Wow. That power of connection how how long oh, was it until you started to feel like the veil was lifting? Um, I would say that the depression was really intense for about three to three and a half, maybe yeah, probably three, three and a half months. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I could just, I, I couldn't put my finger on like some magical thing that began to lift it but it just did. I think those um, relationships and being able to talk with people was a huge part of it. I think, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of like, it just kind of began to lift. It just Mm -hmm. did. I think I, I was more aware. I was, you know, I, I felt like, um, and I almost hesitate to say this because a lot of people who deal with any kind of depression, like it's totally beyond anything like this, but I feel like spirituality was really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of prayer and, and kind of um, just like seeking help and power and strength beyond my own from God mm-hmm. was really healing for me. Um, the only reason I hesitate to say that is because I know for some people, like the reality is, they're sicker than that and they mm-hmm. need medication or they need therapy. And so I don't, I don't take that lightly and think that, Oh, if you're depressed, just pray, everything will go away. It's not yeah, like that, you know, but it, but it is extremely helpful. It's, ex- it's extremely efficacious and, and I think should be a part of the healing process if you're a faithful person. Um, and, and for me, that was, that was really helpful. I, I can remember a few different scriptural things that I would stumble upon and think, okay, like, here in this story in the Bible, God strengthened this person far beyond his own strength, and, and he can do the same for me. He can bring me out of this, even though I can't see a way out. Um, and so 
there were some really powerful moments there. And I think just little by little, drop by drop, um, yeah, that darkness kind of finally began to dissipate. And I, I came back into a, a better place. I don't think I actually felt completely like myself, honestly, until almost a full year postpartum. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like some of, some of the haze carried with me through the pregnancy and beyond. But generally that like super, super dark non-functioning was about three months. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's really good for people to to see both that it can just take so long and, but it can also just be so gradual that, you know, you just have to be patient, (laughs) which is hard to do. Yeah. And it is, it can be. And I think, you know, I've never been medicated for it. I think that for a lot of people that feels like the right answer and maybe it would have helped me get better faster. I don't know. Um, but I'm just thankful that I was able to get through it with, Yeah, you know, a few various things. Yeah. So what I love about you having gone through this experience is your willingness to share about it. I think one of the best things about you, like we talked about you, you are real and you share that good and the bad. And I think you are a very, um, introspective person, but also, you look outward too, outward and above. You're looking for answers. You're looking for insight. You're looking for ways to improve. So you're always, you know, forward seeking is I guess what the word is. So yeah, I think that. Thank you. Yeah, you do that so well. But I love that you sharing what you've gone through is you, you taking the power back, you know, and you're also enabling others to take power from that too about how they can also move forward and look upward and you know things will get better yeah thank you I yeah it's I think I have always been a really introspective person sometimes almost to a fault you know I'm kind of like that classic overthinker Mm -hmm. but um I do I do feel like yeah I'm always trying to figure out ways to be better and I yeah, it's for me, it's just so important for people to know that they are not alone. And so sometimes I'll publish some post and I'll think, oh, my gosh, was that a total overshare? Are people going to think I'm weird for saying that online? Mm-hmm. Are people going to think I'm fishing, fishing for sympathy? You know, I mean, I can remember a time or two where I'd post something when I had had a really dark day and I would kind of share that. Yeah. And I would think, oh, great. Now I'm going to get 25 comments of like, you can do it, sister. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's not necessarily why I shared it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I've, I've had to just be willing to like be brave and push post um, knowing that like, yeah, some people might assume that I'm doing that for attention or for sympathy or whatever. And for me, it's almost always about helping other people know, like we're in this, we're in the trenches together. So like if you Mm -hmm. had a rotten day, I did too. And like solidarity sister. Oh, that's, that's, that's so cool to hear about that. And I, I think that, um, why people are attracted to you is that you are not trying to aggrandize your own life. You're, you are trying to be real and empower at the same time. So, so it's unique, you know, it's something that we can actually connect with instead of maybe being jealous of (laughs) or feeling really (laughs) guilt ridden every time we look at your page or, you know, so. Yeah. It's a, it's such a tricky balance, isn't it? it? Like, thank you that I appreciate what you said. And it's, it's so funny because I like, 
I am sometimes afraid of posting something that is really pretty or something that I accomplished because yeah, I, I know well the feeling of like having not the greatest day and scrolling through my Instagram feed. And it seems like every mother I know is like training for a marathon and baked a triple layer of chocolate cake and did some like amazing thing with her kid today. And you're like, well, I am a loser. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We've all been there. um, Yeah. And, and yeah, I just think it's okay to post the beautiful things. I think Mm -hmm. that um, if, if we can, as viewers, on social media, if I can scroll through my feed from a healthy emotional place, then someone's, you know, beautiful accomplishment, I should be able to see and be inspired by or say good for them. That's so fantastic. And I think that when there's like the feelings of comparison or jealousy, usually it means that like, I, the viewer, am not in a negative place. Mm -hmm. And so um, I I think it's important to, to feel like, okay, about sharing positive things and and, you know, again, if you, you do, you have to be careful about not being self-aggrandizing or, or come across as, um, I don't know, kind of posting something out of vanity, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, I think people should post whatever they want to post. And if we yeah. don't like it, then we get to just click on follow, right? Well, I like how, the, how you turn that, that around. I mean, a lot of the responsibility does lie in us as viewers and checking what we really want out of our social media experience. But, right, you know, just examining our own heart as we are looking at people who are trying to be good intentioned. And I don't know. That's really great how you turn that around, too. So, We've talked about your your blog already and your Instagram account. I want to talk about the business you have started with your spouse. So can yeah. you can you tell us some more about what you two have created together recently? Yeah, I would love to. So um, we moved back to Oregon almost nine years ago to work for the company that was actually founded by my father-in-law, which is called Bioskin. Oh, yeah. And when he... Yeah, so when he began Bioskin, it was um, all medical products like back braces, ankle braces, foot, you know, foot ankle products, things like that. Um, and it's to this day a very, very thriving worldwide company that does a lot of sales um, to, you know, pro sports teams and all, you know, just all sorts of people around the world, which has been really, really fun. Um, it's it's cool to listen to my father-in-law and mother-in-law speak about the experience of starting that business and not being able to pay the bills at first. And now to look at where they are, you're like, man, way to go. Yeah, that's really, amazing. It's, it's a really neat thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, they kind of specialize in making these products with um, this fabric that they call Bioskin. Um it's like a non-neoprene type fabric. And so it's, it's like a patented fabric that's really special. It's more breathable and things like that. And so um, that's kind of what they have become known for is this like really like medical grade compressive fabrics. that's really, really great to work with. So um, my husband has been working with that family company for years and he's been doing the marketing. And then in the last year or so, he has been um, working on kind of an ex expansion of bioskin like kind of a whole new you know arm if you will mm-hmm. um which is called bioskin fit and it's athletic apparel specializing um so far in these compression running tights mm-hmm. so instead of like the medical grade compression now it's like um comfortable compression and it's it's running wear yeah. um or you know any type of active wear really so it's been really fun t- for me to watch um i've been participating it's it's definitely like more my husband thing. 
Um, but it's really fun to watch him because he's an incredibly creative person. He's incredibly bright and it's been neat to watch him really come alive with this project. I think it's been the project he's enjoyed most ever um, in his professional career. So that's been really neat. And, um, He's, you know, he's worked with a designer and they've worked together collaborating on these designs. We launched the first running tights um, last June. So it's been about six, seven months. Mm -hmm. And um, we're just, you know, growing from there. We have a new spring line that should be out in a few months that is a lot larger. So we'll have, yeah, so we'll, you know, we'll now have like more like eight styles, which is fun. So it's tights for tights for women, caprice for women, shorts and tights for men. Um, so it's been really fun. We've been working with a lot of athletes, runners, these like really amazing endurance athletes that are running, you know, the, they're like the ultra marathoner people. A lot of them, our ambassadors are, and they're just incredible. We'll sometimes organize things and go run with them. And it's kind of just surreal to even pretend to keep wow. up with any of them for a half a mile, Yeah, that'd but, be it's, intimidating. but it's really inspiring and fun. Yeah. It's super intimidating, but they're all just the loveliest people. So yeah, so it's a really fun project. Sometimes it's really scary because it's like this whole new thing and it's a new product and we feel great about the product. We have people raving about the product, but trying to sell the product is a whole other animal, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really, really scary and hard, um, but also fun, exciting and rewarding. So, yeah, I've been kind of helping out on the marketing side because of my background in blogging yes. and social media. So I, I ran the Instagram for a while um, I have been working quite a bit with um, bloggers and other influencers and Instagrammers to kind of help um, work with them on campaigns to, to grow the company. So, um, yeah, it's this kind of exciting, somewhat terrifying, interesting adventure we're having. And I know that you've also gone to races for, for selling your yeah. items too, right? So you've traveled quite a bit for it. Yeah, so it's been really fun. Um we kind of discovered we have um, one of our employees that works for us is this um, darling girl, Madison, who's 25. And so, yeah, so I started traveling. Um, Madison and I started traveling together to all these race expos to sell the tights. So we, you know, do like the Portland Marathon, for example, things like that. Yeah. So it's really fun. Um, I at first was a little bit intimidated, but once I just start talking to people, I find that it's actually really natural and comfortable and fun for me. So yeah, we're just out there like meeting people and talking to them and telling them why Bioskin Fit is different and special and what's so amazing about this Italian fabric that we have that's compressive and buttery soft. And it's, it's really fun to watch people try them on and love how they look in them and love how they feel. And so I've really enjoyed that. And then what we do is like, my husband totally comes and stays home as a full-time stay-at-home dad when mm-hmm. I do this traveling. So it's been this really cool Freaky Friday kind of full-life swap yeah. where for the first time I'm realizing, you know, he's always traveled for work and I'll be jealous because he's like eating dinner out and staying in a hotel and I'm mm-hmm. like, I've got five kids and I'm having mac and cheese and doing bedtime by myself and I'm like, yeah, oh, you lucky time. dog. And then I do the traveling and I realize this is super exhausting. You know, yeah. I just drove 12 hours down to LA and I would rather mm. be home with my kids. And, and yeah. so it's been really good for me to appreciate what he does. And then of course, you know, it's been great for him to appreciate what yeah. I do when he's like, Oh my gosh, the baby's tearing up the house and the kids mm. don't stop fighting. And so it's been really cool. I feel like it's helped us grow in our relationship because we have appreciated each other more than ever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just have this like completely new level of empathy. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I think a lot of what you guys are doing right now, you're, you're taking big risks, but you're doing them. 
I don't know. It seems like it's benefiting you and your lives and, you know, even your career way more than it would have otherwise if you hadn't been brave enough to just try to just go for it. I think it's true. And, you know, we hope that it just grows and grows and grows and, and we'll see what happens. I think, um, like you said, it's so much about just courage. I Lately, I just really cling to stories of people who do something outside their comfort zone, something that's hard, and they kind of are reaching for the stars. And I just think if you don't ever take a risk or try something hard or aim for something, you know, that's just way higher than you've ever tried, you just don't know. And you can't, like you said, you can't grow. Um, So yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of cling to those stories right now and, Mm -hmm. and find a lot of inspiration and, and hope in them. Yeah. So I'm going to include in the show notes where they can look for your blog, of course, and your Instagram account, but also these compression leggings and the compression products as well. Um, that would be great for them to be able to explore those. And I'm great. excited about your spring line. I have one of your pants. Like, you know, I've, I like asked yeah, you. Yeah. How, how are they? I are love they, them. Are they working well for you? Oh, yeah. Good. I love them. So I, I love that they're not like so thick. So like you said, they're buttery. I do too. And yeah, I love, I love yeah. them. So that's a free plug for you. So I just can't imagine the stress you must be under. Not only have you been launching this whole arm to a company, switching jobs with your husband, you know, traveling yeah. a lot. And you've also, you, you've had to, you've had to move recently and try to put two houses up for sale and things have fallen through. You've had some difficulties come yes. up with your children, you know, and, and just even this, even if none of that was there, there's just a whole stress behind being a mother to five young children and very different children you know each one having their own yes. needs and yeah oh so much so <laughs> everyone's probably like how do you do it Anne? how do you do it but I I'm sure your answer is gonna be I don't <laughs> so I That's want to exactly know more right. about how do you not do it what do you decide to let go of in order to have sanity yeah. and joy and happiness within the craziness that's a great question and I think man, you look at people and you think, oh, how does she do it? And, or how does she do it all? And the answer is nobody is doing it all. Mm -hmm. If you think they are, it is a big farce, you know, it's like totally not real. So yeah, the first thing I usually tell people is number one, I don't do it all. And number two, I have a ton of help in what I do. So, um, for example, I am so lucky. I live around the corner from my mom. So I live close to my in-laws. I live close to one, two, three, four sisters-in-law. Love I mean, it's kind of unbelievable the amount of family support that I have. Mm-hmm. So I have a ton of help from everything from like, oh, I'll watch your kids while you go to the store or, oh, hey, can, you know, can I have a couple, can the cousins come over for a couple of hours? I mean, I have a ton of support in that way. So That's I'm not like great. dragging all five kids to all my errands or anything like that on a, sometimes I am, but almost never, you know, I just have a ton of help, um, which is great. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I have learned to let a lot of things go. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a kid who like absolutely will not wear socks. He won't comb his hair. He will not wear like normal pants. He'll only wear sweats. And I used to just freak out about all that kind of thing. 
and be so worried about how it would reflect on me, which mm-hmm. just kind of shows you how self-centered my thinking was for a while. Mm-hmm. And I had mm-hmm. just learned you just let go of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You just let it go. And so I, I've let go of a lot of things. Um, one thing I haven't been able to let go of entirely is the state of my home because, I yeah. mean, I trust me, it gets totally disgusting in here real fast. <laughs> yeah. But I can't be a very patient mom if my house is a bomb. Mm-hmm. And so um, I do work tirelessly to tidy and I have cleaning people. I have people that come in twice a month and they are like angels. I come home, they have cleaned my entire house top to bottom, like deep cleaned. Everything is in its place. And I like sometimes actually shed actual tears because it's so oh, beautiful. I love that. <laughs> and, and you know what? Like I drive the crappiest, most disgusting, literally stinky minivan. <laughs> I like totally am willing to make sacrifices because for mm-hmm. me, it is so valuable to have that help mm-hmm. um, because I just feel like I can't get the tidying and the deep cleaning accomplished. Yeah. So there are things that I'm just like, if this matters to you and you cannot figure it out, just outsource it. Make whatever sacrifice you need to outsource it because it is like the most joyful thing. Okay, <laughs> all women are going to be and like think, applauding listening to this. <laughs> like, yes, thank you. I just, yeah, I mean, I think like for a lot of people, it's like this sense of pride of like, well, I can do that myself, but yeah. which I think I totally get. But for me, it has just been a huge, huge, um, it's just something that I really highly value. I really highly value. And I have really felt like in this super intense period of my life, Mm -hmm. I cannot get it done by myself. So yeah, yeah, I I don't do it all. I have a ton of help. I really, really believe in paying for childcare when when you need to. Like, Mm -hmm. even though I do have a lot of family support, I sometimes worry about over like asking too much of my family and so I have been known to pay a cute 12 year old to watch a couple kids while I write I have been known to pay a friend to watch my baby and I'll go for a run Mm -hmm. I have um, I have one friend who always volunteers just for free obviously to to come and watch my kids while I go for a quick run I just I I do not I am not afraid of asking for help um because I just have learned, like, this is all way, way too much for me, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's it's just a lot. And so mm-hmm. I think um, asking for help has been huge. Yeah. And even if you don't have family around, like you were just saying, friends. Yes. I mean, that's I use my friends as, like, my family here. And, you know, we yeah, just trade exactly. all the time. And it's yes. so great to yep. know that you always owe someone and someone always owes you. Yeah. It just works out. So yep, it's the best. Kid swapping is the best. Yeah. It really is. Um, when you're talking about that, I want to know more about what other things you do to add to your life. So I'm glad you're telling us about the things that you let go of. Now I want to hear about some things that you do add to your life to create balance and joy and progress all in the same, you know, same time. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it kind of, I go in different phases, you know, sometimes I really try to write once a week. Um, I was doing that more like a year ago and, and blogging a lot more. And I really love writing. I feel like writing mm-hmm. helps me be really self-reflective, um, obviously helps me record 
family history, you know, kind of mm-hmm. what's going on in our family life. Um, but I, yeah, I often find that um, after I have written an essay, I'll look back and I will, I will understand myself better or I will understand mm-hmm. a child better. I will, um, yeah. I will have like this better lens through which I can see something going on in our family life. So I, I really, really value time to write. And that's something I'm, I'm kind of looking to add back in this year. Like you mentioned before, we've gone through this really crazy like three month period where we we moved suddenly for the needs of mm-hmm. my children and we are trying to sell some homes and I've been traveling with work so it's just been and then the holidays so mm-hmm. we had like three months of like ultra crazy like totally coconuts life yeah. um, and now we're like we're finally kind of back into a rhythm of like normal crazy life you know yeah. <laughs> I mean okay. everyone's super busy but it's like uh, yeah it's like at a normal, normal pace crazy. now yeah. yes exactly so, so now I'm hoping I can add a little bit more writing back in. Something that I've been doing a lot of is running. Yeah. I really, really love to run. It is both like physically helps me just feel fit and strong, um, but also is a huge mental health thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like I can really tell when I'm not getting enough um time in to run I, I yeah. just it's it's huge for my mental health so I've been running like 10 to 15 miles a week the last really kind of just since the new year and um that's, that's just great. been bringing me a ton of joy it's like mm-hmm. so so wonderful yeah just making it a true priority for the first time honestly like in my adult life that I've made it like a really true priority so that's been really exciting that's um, wonderful that really is thank you so I I'm seeing just that great contrast between what we talked about earlier when you were really struggling with depression to, to now to you feeling like you're your own self again. And yeah, I I don't know. I just love to see the side of you that is resilient and, and person, you know, you have amazing perseverance, but a lot of joy, I think, is what you're trying to add to your life, and the um, and a lot of that is taking risks. It, it seems like too, it, it's that's been a big part of the equation. So I have two questions for you. One is related to what I just said. How do you maintain a balance of reaching for goals and improvement and perseverance, while also recognizing what you need in your life and recognizing what it's going to take to be kind to yourself and, and just live a realistic, but happy life. Yeah. That's like a a constant battle, right? Mm -hmm. Is that is is kind of, um, is reaching for that balance. And I think it's an almost daily process of recentering and asking yourself, am I in balance? And Am I, am I focused on the right things? So I'm a really driven person. I have a ton of ambition. I have like all these like super interesting lofty goals for my life. And who knows if I'll ever like do any of them, (laughs) you know, I mean, I have like entertained thoughts of getting a master's degree. I have like super ridiculous dreams of like becoming an art curator and like living in the city and working in a museum. I mean, (laughs) that's very unlikely that that would ever happen, but I have like, a lot of dreams and interests and um I or like I said earlier I would like absolutely die to do some kind of home design work or consulting or you know renovation design or something you know I would love to do things like that I have tons of tons of interests tons of ambition um 
and and in the blog world that I live in, a lot of my blogger friends are doing a ton. They're creating amazing content all the time. They're really um, just incredibly productive, um, almost like to a level that is prolific and kind of mind-boggling to me. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I get a little bit caught up in oh my gosh, I need to be doing more, I need to be blogging more, I need to be creating more, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And to be honest, I just came to a place about a year ago where I had this like really clear realization that I just, I just have to let go of some of that right now. And I, and I think it's a very fine line because I will not be a martyr Mm -hmm. and I will not like sacrifice all of myself for my children because Personally, like my personal like ideology about that is I don't think that's healthy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's healthy to like completely forsake all of your interests and personality. But I totally believe in sacrifice, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm like, yes to sacrifice, no to sacrificing 100%, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So no, no so um, for losing me, yourself completely, becoming a victim. Totally. I think that leads yes, to resentment. Exactly. Usually. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I kind of came to this place where I realized um, I am actually going to have a lot of years to develop my own interests, mm-hmm. like a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and not that I've put them 100% on the back burner, not at all. I mean, I still actively do things that I enjoy, you know, Mm -hmm. like I just said, I take a lot of time to run. I take time to create. I take time to write. I take time to go to blogging conferences. Mm -hmm. I mean, I totally make time for myself. Um, but I also have kind of a running list of dreams and goals that I'm like, maybe I'll get to that someday. And Mm -hmm. I'm totally fine with not getting to it in this season of life. And the reason is I really want to, put everything into my kids that I can so that when I'm, when I'm looking back in a few years that go by in like the absolute blink of an eye that I can feel like, you know what I did, I gave my 100% at that time and season of my life and to my children when they needed me the most. And I, I don't regret, I don't have any regrets. You know, I just, Mm -hmm. I worry so much that I'll about looking back and saying, what was I doing wasting all that time? I should have been, you know, and like today, for example, I was like tired today. It was such a Thursday where I was Mm -hmm. just like kind of not motivated. And I kept catching myself just like aimlessly looking at Instagram when my kids were right next to me. And I'd be like, what am I doing? And I'd turn my phone off and be like, let's read a book. But I I caught myself doing that five times today. Mm -hmm. And I I don't want to look back and be like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? Doing complete nonsense mm. when I could have been actively engaging with my kids. So I just feel like for me, balance is all about daily, sometimes hourly or by the minute reflection of what am I doing right now? Is it going to be valuable? And am I going to have any regrets about it? I think that is so empowering. That's I, that's living life on the terms that are right for you and not right for everybody else who you think is watching. It's more about, yeah, what's Anne going to want in 10 years from now? And I love that. Yeah. Anne. That's great. Thanks. So, so I have a final question for you. And 
This okay. is probably related to some of the things we've talked about, but what have you learned about yourself the past 10 years? I've learned some really interesting things about myself, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, number one, I have learned fairly recently that I am a really sensitive person. Yeah. <laughs> I am like really, really job. sensitive. I've, I've had my feelings hurt way more um, in the last couple of years than I ever remember before. Mm. Um, and, and some of that probably ties into some of that depression and different things that I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that has helped me and the depression also helped me to be a really loving, um, understanding, empathetic person. Yeah. So I am like so easily hurt that I try extra hard to like be really careful with my words with people or make mm-hmm. sure that they know how much I value them or or not don't judge them or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I feel like that time of being depressed um, just gave me so much empathy into people's lives who struggle with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And so I have just, I have had just this like hugely increased amount of compassion. Um, and so I think that all That's kind of beautiful. ties in there together with that sensitivity um, I have also learned about myself in the last few years that I am pretty competitive, which shouldn't come as a surprise to me, but it kind of has. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that kind of that kind of ties into all that stuff we talked about, about comparison and different things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I'm really working on that because um, I think, I mean, obviously, I don't really mean, I mean, I was a competitive athlete as a teenager and I don't really mean competitive in that way you know I mean more in like the um competitive in life with other people or other Mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. and um I I don't like that about myself because I don't think we should ever seek to be above another Mm -hmm. person right that's like kind of like the root of all pride so I've been as I've been reflective on that I've been trying a lot harder to just be not judgmental and not loving and not, and also not worry if I'm not measuring up to someone like that's okay. It's just totally okay. Um, and then I don't know, just even in thinking about your podcast and your blog and kind of your whole platform about like perfectionism, things like that. It's it's so interesting because I, I have been kind of a perfectionist in, in various areas of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think um, as we, as I think about the last 10 years as being a mother, I think that, um, that's torn down my perfectionism quite a bit because you, you, you get to a place where you're like, I just can't do this. Like, Mm -hmm. um, for me, it was like right around having kid number four Mm -hmm. where I had these goals of being like, I exercise every day. I make every meal from scratch (laughs) with perfectly healthy whole foods. I, you know, like my house Mm -hmm. is always clean. I do hands-on activities with my kids after school I like my kids have perfectly combed hair perfect clothes perfectly made beds like in my Mm -hmm. mind those are all the things that I wanted right yeah and and I could even like you can even sometimes achieve that with like maybe one to two like tiny kids that are if you have kids that like aren't super demanding or you know what I mean I think sometimes people can kind of begin to achieve that and and then once I had, like, I had my kids, th- number three and four, really back-to-back and crazy close. And um, all of a sudden, it was, like, so beyond me to do mm-hmm. any of that. Like, yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to McDonald's today, kids. Yeah. And, like, 
like certain things that I never thought I would let go of, I let go of like crazy. And honestly, like that's been really, really freeing Mm -hmm. because it has just, it's just taken that like competitive nature away. It's taken that, um, that like crazy perfectionism away that is almost unhealthy. And it has just made me feel like, you know what? Like your job is just to love your kids. It's your to Mm -hmm. love them and help them be successful and help them know that they're awesome just the way they are and that's all like if they have macaroni for lunch they're going to survive if they watch a couple too many episodes of my little pony gonna survive everything's gonna be okay and like granted i don't think you should always be in survival mode but at the same time um i just think like i don't know i feel like that is one of the hugest things that i have kind of grown into over the last few years of really really intense family life is um, just, like, being okay that things don't look picture perfect and being honest about it and, like, making sure that other people know that, like, it's okay if they're doing the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. I just think we, especially in this, like, super picture perfect Instagrammy world that we live in, it's really easy to be like, oh, gosh, everybody, like, grinds their own wheat and makes their own <laughs> bread and, yeah. like, sews their own clothes and <laughs> everything is all beautiful and simple living and yeah and I'm just like yeah that's not really how our lives look anymore and I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. really really good for me to like kind of break the shackles of perfectionism and um and competitive competitive maybe yeah Mm -hmm. oh and I love how open you are about just acknowledging these weak spots that you, that you see in yourself like that. I I think we all need to do that more though. It's, it's not in a way that you're hating yourself. That's what I love about it. It's not like you're awful. And why are you doing this? Why do you compare yourself? Why do you, it's just like an, an awareness that's right. helpful <clears throat> and healthy. And, and that's how you're going to keep progressing because you see yourself as you are, but you also see your strengths and you allow yourself to continue to reach for things and, a positive way still. And I just love that about you. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Anne. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I can't wait for people to hear the great wisdom that you were sharing with me today. Gosh, thank you. It's like such an honor. I feel so cool to be on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. And you made me feel all the feelings while we talked. Obviously, I laughed quite a bit, but I also learned so much from you, how you have faced the trials you and your family have gone through. Thank you for being on the show again. Those compression tights from Bioskin are seriously amazing. This is not sponsored. I bought those tights almost a year ago with my own money, so this is an unsolicited push to check them out. The coupon code that Anne has provided for our listeners is in all caps, Progress 20. That's P R O G R E S S 20. And that will give you 20% off their products. And beyond compression tights and shorts, they also do things like braces, such as an ankle braces. I have linked to Bioskin's website in the show notes as well as on my blog about progress.com. I want to share our do something highlight today, which is short for do something that scares you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's basically that you do something that challenges you. For instance, right now I'm working on recovering a settee that I really have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm trying. So um, I have more links to explanations in the show notes if you're interested to know what this campaign is about. Today's highlight comes from my friend and past guest on the show, Lisa Shader. 
Lisa tagged me in a post on Instagram. She was going for a long walk and she said she was listening to the podcast. Lisa is recovering from delivering her third child. And I'm sure that's a huge adjustment. It was for me. And so I just love to see that she is doing something for her, that she's getting out and getting in nature and getting rejuvenated. So she's ready to face each day as a busy mom. So way to go, Lisa. I'd love to hear what you're doing that scares you and what you're up to while listening to this podcast. You can tag me in your posts with the hashtag about progress podcast, or send me a direct message through Instagram or Facebook. And I'm at about progress on both of those. So I want to highlight you guys. So let's make this about you nominate yourself or someone else. If you have a story to tell that is applicable to this podcast, or just the, the thing that you are doing that scares you. Next week, I have a very fun interview for you with Sarah Tripp from Sassy Red Lipstick. If you aren't familiar with her, do a quick Google search and read some of her posts, especially on body positivity. She is a fashion blogger who has that focus, which is so rare, and she's a really fun and inspiring follow. She has so much of value to share with you all, and that will be airing next Wednesday, as always. I look forward to sharing that with you then, and in the meantime, take care of yourself.